Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Green Pole Podcast, your regular dose of mad full of muttering. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammy, and joining you this evening from the Danny Fulbrook press box at Wembley Stadium, almost five years to the minute since that magical day when Slavisia Kanovic's sensational side beat Aston Villa in the Championship Playoff Final. And joining me to discuss that, because why wouldn't you, are Joe Gunning and Oscar Bloom. We're going to do some other things as well, but we have to start with five years ago today at Wembley. Fulham had gone on that incredible 23-match unbeaten run only to stuff it all up at St Andrews against Birmingham City, who looked dead and buried until we breathed new life into them. Had to go through the playoffs where we'd never scored a goal in a football league playoff, never mind won a game. Um, and lost 1-0 at Derby before coming back with uh, an equaliser from Ryan Sessegnon and then that brilliant Dennis Adoy header to set up the Championship Player Final at Wembley. We've all got a story about how we watched it, where we watched it and what we did while we were watching it. But I haven't come across anyone who watched it quite in the way that you did, Joe. Yeah, so... Hello, mate. Nice to have you back on the podcast. Can you tell us all about how you watched the playoff final? Please? Yeah. Um, so my story, like you said, is a little bit of a different one. So I was living in Singapore um, for the playoff final and the I was set, me and my dad, we were both set. We were going to go out, find a bar that was showing the game. Um, however, that was the same night. I don't know if you remember, it's Liverpool versus Real Madrid, the Champions, Champions League, League final. final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was loads of people out, but out for that game, there were loads of Liverpool shirts, a few Real Madrid shirts, and every bar we went to wasn't showing the um, Fulham versus Villa game. And what they do is they'd lie to you to get you into their bar, say they were showing it, and then they wouldn't be. So we bumped into a couple of Villa fans um, who knew a bar, took us there so I missed that the first five minutes of it first five ten minutes but yeah it was something like two three a.m in the morning um were you the only and... people in there I mean were, like were the only people watching the game were you your dad and two Villa fans or well so what happened was when we got there and like I said we've been to loads of bars and nowhere was showing it apparently a few people knew so there were I'd say maybe 10 other blokes in Fulham shirts and probably the same amount in Villa shirts and then just a load of people in Liverpool and Real Madrid shirts yeah, just really watching caring. it. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. not really caring. But um, it was it was an amazing, amazing experience. It was the first time I'd properly bumped into other Fulham fans in Singapore and God knows I'd looked for other Fulham fans in Singapore. But um, it, it was great. I mean, I would have loved to be at Wembley, but experiencing it at 2am, getting to meet other Fulham fans was was great as well. So what did you do when TC stuck it away? I mean, that was pretty... You were in there by that time, weren't you? Cause that it was, was going, fun. yeah. It was it was so good in there. There was all of the... I say all of the, the few Fulham fans that were in there were giving it large to the Villa fans. Um, I remember John Terry's face popped up on the screen as soon as we scored and yeah. there were some nasty remarks made to him from... The full and faithful in the bar. And then what about when um so uh when when uh so Jack Grealish two foots Tom Kearney, you remember that, right? Yeah, I do was remember that. that, yeah. that did that look as much of a red card on the television as it did on the yeah. 
Yeah, it did. I remember thinking that he should have been, he should have been sent off for that. I mean, we went down to ten men. They should have been sent down to ten men as well. Well, yeah, it's... but that came first because I thought the first yeah. Dennis Adoy booking was a little bit harsh. But you, you know, I mean, Jack Grealish, figure of um, fun, you know, all that kind of thing. I mean, he's a sensational footballer, but um, you do get the urge to for someone to give him a good shoeing, but not when you're one nil up in the. <laughs> Playoff no. and I mean, <laughs> yeah, the second yellow card, he proper, proper went for him. He did indeed. And then that last sort of 20 minutes seemed to go on forever. What did yeah. you do with your dad when um, when the whistle went? I mean, I was I was too young to be properly drinking, so I couldn't even drown my nerves with, with pints. Um, so it was it was such a relief when that final whistle went. Yeah. Such a relief. And when you went and, and did you how long were you in Singapore after that? Did you did you get to did you watch did you have to suffer the pain of the season that followed? Yes, I had to suffer the pain of that season in Singapore and then we moved back in time for the um Brentford Fulham um playoff final. When we were all obviously. watching it on television. Yeah, obviously. then we were all yeah. watching it on TV. Yeah. So right. it was it was two Wembley dates, two that I wasn't able to go to. Right, so next season, what you're saying is we've got to get to the, well, I suppose the semi-final of the FA Cup. It doesn't really count. With the, I suppose I mean, it is Wembley. You'd take yeah, it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was at Old Trafford uh, earlier for the earlier this season for the quarterfinal and I was I was praying praying and it, oh, I, I don't I don't mean We're going to get on to that. We're going to get on to that, mate. I mean, there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, unfinished business, shall we say, yeah? Yeah, precisely. Excellent. Right, well, my story is, Oscar, you were there at the at the stadium, weren't you? Tell us about your uh, um, your 2018 experience, because you're also reasonably young, aren't you? Thank you for that compliment. Um, yeah, I was. I, I went there originally. Originally, it was actually a treat for my birthday, because I think that that was the first season where we had season tickets, my family had. And... Um, I go with my mum to the games, by the way. So we, all three of me, my mum and my dad, we all bought uh, tickets. And at one point, we, I was actually threatened with not going because I think I was misbehaved about something which I've now forgotten about. We, we arrived oh, at the oh, stadium. Oh, back. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not glossing over that. Okay. <laughs> well, was it a sort of uh, eight-game ban scenario or was it more of a you know accumulation of misbehaviours? I think it was an eight-game ban kind of thing. Oh, 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 well, I mean, that, well, yeah. Shall we just say regular <laughs> listeners to the podcast will not be surprised. Carry on. Um, we arrived at the sea. We went by, you know, tube, because I think most people do. It was, I remember it being absolutely packed, because before that, I never, I've never, I've never really went to a big stadium because you know Craven Cottage is lovely, but it's not the biggest stadium in the world. It's massive. So, um, it's massive. Don't know. Don't, yeah, don't believe him. It's yeah, in reputation. In, in reputation. In reputation, it's it's massive. Um, so it was it was actually kind of scary first time I went there. The when I went inside the stadium because we got there about two hours early and we got there actually or maybe more. We got there before they even allowed people in, so we were just standing outside the stadium for a bit. And when we got in, it was half empty and it looked actually really scary to someone who was about, I think I was 12 or 11 back then. It was absolutely terrifying. And um, that second half, where after um, Adoy got that red card, was probably the most nervous 45, 50 minutes of my life. And, um, but to be fair, 
I, I had a look at I had a look at the highlights before this podcast and um Kamara that that I don't know who I think it was Stonegrass someone who did a chat of that awful challenger on Kamara and they they should have one hundred percent got a red card and it should have been a penalty because it was it was absolutely a disgrace and oh I think... no, no hold on hold on this is Anthony Taylor another greater Manchester referee they don't seem to like <laughs> us up there um well there's a few things that happened in that game but what you're talking it's not Robert Snodgrass Alan Hutton and John Terry both took Abu out in the penalty yeah. area and if one of them's yeah, one of them had to be a penalty. Um, but anyway, look, 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 we're getting sidetracked here. Um, the 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 feeling when Tom Kearney slotted it away, Oscar. I mean, that must have been special. I don't know exactly where you were in the stadium. Uh, yeah, I was in the upper tier of Wembley, and um, it was it was honestly um, at that point in time, it was one of the best moments of my life because. Um, Fulham so far hadn't been achieving much, you know. I only really started following Fulham in I think Yokanovich's first season. Obviously, you know, that season didn't go very, you know, particularly well. Um so it was definitely but it was by far and away the best time for me as a Fulham fan up to that point. And um honestly one of the best days of my life because uh, it was such a big achievement and um, I was so used to us playing against, you know, your Wiggins and your uh, Blackpools. So it was nice, nice change next season, even if we didn't win many games to play your Manchester United and Liverpool's. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with uh, Wigan or Blackpool. Many of us are very fond of them and, and wish both of those clubs were well with their disastrous ownership issues at the moment. Um, Ollie Norwood's tackle. Can I bring it up? I mean, Joe, uh, Joe do you remember Ollie Norwood's tackle on Conor Horahan? It was a pretty good tackle, wasn't it, in the penalty area? Yeah, we. It was there was so much fight that game. It was so it was, there was so much anger. I mean, that's what you love to see in a playoff final, isn't it? The tackles flying in, maybe more from a neutral standpoint than from a from a Fulham perspective, especially given the uh, the ten men incident. But it's what you want from a playoff final, isn't it? Well, no, I don't ever want to go through that ever. I've been through it twice. <laughs> I've been through it twice, and honestly, I, I, I had to go out of the out of the stand in after a doy got sent off. I thought I was having a heart attack, and I had to go into the cubicle and, and compose myself. And then they had a sort of audio commentary in the uh, in the cubicle, and that guy seemed to be all urging Aston Villa to go forward. And I was like, I can't listen to that. I'm going to have to go back out there again. Um, I don't particularly. I, I didn't particularly like Ollie Norwood diving in in the penalty area. I must admit, but it was a splendid tackle. Um, one of the most and the celebrations, lads. Oscar, you would have had um, Mitros on fire pretty much right in front of you, no? Uh, after uh, yeah, Mar- yeah. Marcus Bernelli came round with an old item he shouldn't have been holding in the air. <laughs> That's quite an iconic <laughs> image. Um, happy birthday for yesterday, Marcus. And uh, Mitro's on fire. That's what we were talking about. Pretty much at your end, at your side of the the pitch as well. No? Yeah, yeah. It was, there was a particularly funny, funny moment I saw afterwards on TV where um, a, a reporter was trying to talk to Mitro while the song was playing and he just flat out re- ignored the reporter and started going towards the fans and singing. Colin so. Murray from, um, well, then for Channel 5, was doing the highlights and they kept it in. You know, Channel 5 were the domestic highlights rights holders at the time and Colin Murray who has a soft spot for Fulham because we were sort of after we were Fulham America we were Fulham Northern Ireland um, 
You know, he start he, he lets Mitro go off. He says they're playing your song and they keep it in. I thought that would be edited out, but you know, he start even even he starts singing along Mitro's on fire. Um that was quality, yeah. And the, the white wall, I must mention the white wall. Oscar, you'd have seen this. Um everyone was supposed to wear white. Uh, that was a, an idea dreamed up by a friend of mine called Mike Gregg, who was then a stalwart of the Fulham Supporters Trust. I remember him helping to organise how many tickets had been sold and, you know, were we going to sell the tickets? And there was meant to be 20,000 Aston Villa fans in our end and all this sort of thing. And the white wall was magnificent. And I must mention the um, the trophy was brought out by the late and very much Miss Tony Fisher, who many... Fulham fans will know as a someone who followed Fulham home and away everywhere with his own flag and you know just a great guy and it was brilliant that he was selected to bring the trophy out with an Aston Villa fan and to have him do that the whole day was just wonderful and we won at Wembley and I said I'd never go to Wembley until Fulham were playing there and eventually I had to give in because my mates all teased me at school and said well, Fulham will never get to Wembley. And we did, and we won. And it was magnificent. Um, Joe, that was quite an incredible story about uh, Singapore. You mentioned that the Champions League final followed it. Um, and there were quite a lot of uh, supporters of Manchester United, I would say, in, in the Far East. And you alluded to it. You and I were there. Um, I think you had a better view than me because I was in the away section and you were more in the central area of the pitch of what happened at Old Trafford. Uh, if we go straight from the white wall to Old Trafford after saying happy anniversary to Tom Kearney for um, five years, uh, we finished the season at Manchester United with a little bit of revenge on our minds, Joe. Is that fair? Oh, I am ready. I'm so ready for this game. I've never been more excited for a game that pretty much means nothing in the general scheme of things. Mitrovic is back. He's got vengeance on his mind. Uh, we've seen that's four goals in his last three games. If you count the one at Old Trafford, he's he's ready. He's, I think even though Southampton was a bit of a nothing game as well for us, um, when he came on and scored, that is by far the most I've celebrated one of our goals this season. I was so, so happy to see him come on and score straight away. Yeah, what a man. And and it's not just Mitro, of course. It's Marco Silva. It's everybody, really, because, I mean, I was there. I didn't get back till about one thirty because I think the coach took a wrong turning. I, I don't remember what happened, but it was a great day to choose coach travel to go to Old Trafford. I have to say, I've done that before and uh, I did it again. There was, a, there was a train strike, I think, and everything was just, oh, we played brilliantly for 70 minutes, Oscar. And like, Joe says there's nothing riding on this game and there's been nothing. I, I, so I sort of, I disagree. You know, we can get the points record, the, the highest ever uh, Fulham yeah, points ta- tally in the, in, the, in, the, in the top flight, Oscar. And have you got a way for us to beat Manchester United? What would be your tactical blueprint? 
Uh, I, I would say we need to play the exact same way we played against them last time because, you know, people say they didn't play very well, you know, in that infamous match for the first 70 minutes. But I don't think that's true. You know, if you're playing against a side who's making it really difficult for you, you're not going to play well. I don't think it was they were playing uh, poorly. I think we made them play poorly because even at that point, Manchester United weren't that bad a side. You know, it was around that time, you know, they had that, that famous uh, 7-0 with... Um, Liverpool, Liverpool. wasn't great. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but um, wasn't great. Look, I, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I, they, they were. <laughs> I, I just saw. I, look, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with. I'm the PTSD is going to come on, but I'm still not over it, mate. Um, so how we, they beat uh, the other team in Fulham and Super Frankie Lampard. I feel like we don't need to sing that ironically now. I mean, he is the best managerial appointment in Premier League history. There's no doubt about that. I will bow to no one. The manager of the season is Frank Lampard. I'll take it all back. Everything I've ever said about Frank Lampard. You know, that wonderful job. They should give him a five-year contract. What a guy. Stand up, bloke. Well done, Frank Lampard. Keep going. You've got one more game to go. You can do it, son. Um, now, that uh, you can't really judge how good Manchester United are based on them playing sort of the second team in Fulham, the Fulham reserves. Then, you know, even Ruben Loftus-Cheek strolled out on the pitch for sort of 10 minutes of that game. So, you have to say, go on, against... Mate, yeah. um... Yeah, against Chelsea, um, ah! it was just against against what United Chelsea, United Chelsea. What what off? Oh, yeah, well, no, those, second, the Foundation second. are going to be very pleased because you've just you know, that's about four hundred pounds in the kitty. I don't know. We'll have to collect it from your parents, but yeah. What? Don't worry, mate. There there are fines for mentioning uh, the name of the team on this podcast. You know that they're just um, the bus stop. The bus stop. Not them. Don't start with the don't that. Not them. I You're getting wanna... everyone confused. No, you I better stick wanna, to that. I don't want to talk about. Look, look, look. This is absolute carnage, right? <laughs> Where the question was, how are we going to beat Manchester United? And you, saw... yeah. Look, looking at looking at Chelsea. Looking at they did it. Ah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Looking at the game against the second against Fulham's second team, I. I'm going to say Chelsea. I'm sorry. It's easier. My, my my mind is losing concentration. No, I'm just going to, um, put, him on. I'm just going to put you on mute then. We, I can't allow swearing on this. Oscar will need to behave himself. He's on mute now. That's fine. If he's going to keep swearing on this podcast. Am I? It's the family. Oh, he's oh, he, not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> if he's going to keep swearing on the podcast, then you will have an eight-game ban. Um, so that that's fine. Joe, would you take over here for me, please? Uh how would you set Fulham up to beat Manchester United? Um, I would, I agree with Oscar. I'd say play the same way, hold them to the sword. I mean, we don't really sit back in games anyway. I I trust Marco Silva. I was going to, I was bored the other day and for my own um, enjoyment, I was going to be a bit nerdy and go through um, each lineup that's been released each game week and see every time uh, we've complained about a lineup whether it's ended up being positive in the end, because I can recall a few things Marco Silva's done, like starting Dan James, very unpopular, proved to be the perfect thing that we needed. Um, starting Vinicius against Southampton worked, he got a goal. Mm-hmm. I am fully 
in trust of Marco Silva, whatever he does, whether that's put Shane Duffy up front, whatever he does, I back it. I, and what I back... saying is, he's a genius. He is a genius. He is, and I'm fully confident that he's going to sign the contract as well. Oh, steady um, on, mate. Steady on. You're answering questions that we haven't asked yet. <laughs> I'm getting it, excited. It, I'm it's getting good. Excited. Steady on, mate. I can tell you lot haven't been supporting Fulham for very long. We don't like hostages to fortune. Touch wood. Right. We've only got five minutes of this craziness left, and I still loads of things that um, we should talk about. Like, do you make any changes, Oscar, from last week? At Old Trafford, what are you? You know, what would you say, my son? I mean, there is one uh, obvious change that is sticking out to me, and that is, um, and everyone's going to scream at me for this, uh, definitely. I would say uh, probably put on Sasha Lukic instead of Reed, not because performances or anything wonder- like that, but I. Somebody asked me why it is that you have such a thing for Sasha Lukic. It's Serbian bias. It could well be Serbian <laughs> nationalistic pride. I mean, it's not like that's ever been a problem before. Okay, that's the one change. Joe, what are you saying? Um, n- not in terms of starting lineup, but I'd love to see Luke Harris get a run out. I think it was, I really wanted him to come on against Leicester. When when we yeah. had a bit more of a foothold in yeah. the game, I was I was really wanting him to come on. There was a point where we were up by four goals and there was like 30 minutes to go. I thought... This <laughs> he brought on Shane Duffy, didn't he? He brought yeah. on Shane Duffy, yeah. Um, and suddenly I the think, game got interesting, no? Yeah, it's weird because at the beginning of the season, um, Luke Harris got some minutes, Jay Stansfield got some minutes. He was really giving... The, I think Luke Harris came on against City even and that was when we were still in that game entirely. Um, so I'm a bit puzzled as to why we haven't seen more of him because he's on the bench quite a lot. But I'd love to see, yeah, Luke Harris get some. I mean, it's kind of like a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, different scenario. We'd been relegated, but when Scott Parker started playing Fabio Cavallio and we realised that we had a real, real player on our hands. Um, yeah, I'd love to see Harris get some minutes. Well, hang on a minute. I mean, you've sworn on this podcast now, but okay. Um, the the issue with Luke, with, with with Luke Harris, and you mentioned Jay Stansfield. I mean, Jay Stansfield did brilliantly at the very start of the season as a sort of right winger, um, and then he had the opportunity to play at Exeter City, and no one's going to turn down the opportunity to go back to St James's Park and play regularly. And I've seen some commentary online about you know he didn't score many goals, you know he's useless. We should sell him. You know people need to calm down. Um, Luke Harris has signed the contract. Exactly. You know, we don't need to rush with Luke Harris. He signed the contract. You know, I've seen a I've seen this suggestion that Jao Polina is going to West Ham for forty million pounds. I mean forty million pounds <laughs> wouldn't even buy Miao Polina, the straight <laughs> yeah. cat that has made Motspur Park uh home. So, you know, and if if uh, West Ham are going to stick with David, and of course, Shao Polina is not good enough at volleyball to play for uh, for David Moyes at, at West Ham. So, you know, um, I'm less worried about Luke Harris's minutes because he's got some in the bank. He's been playing for the under-21s and he may come on. But I, I kind of, you know, we want to win the game and we want to try and get the, the points tally. Um, 
So th there we are. I'm running out of time with the two of you, unfortunately. So I'm going to move right on to a little end of season section um, that has been hastily cobbled together here. It's not like we do any preparation for these things. Uh, lads, I'm looking for nominations for the Fulham goal of the season. Joe, what are you saying? For the Fulham goal, goal of the season. season. Your choice. Your choice, mate. You know, um, any uh, goal. Just one, yeah? Just one, mate. That's the idea. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> Just we one. can nominate all of the goals. Not a top but... ten. No, I don't I'm... have time for a top ten. Uno. I'm gonna go for a different shout. Actually, I'm gonna go for first game of the season, first goal of the season. Mitrovic, Mitrovic against header. Liverpool. Yeah, Mitrovic header. Yeah, that's a shout. Oscar, what are you saying? In terms of goal quality, I would say no. You don't. No, 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 no. Don't give me a five-minute answer. Goal of the season. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Jao Polinias. Jao Polinias uh, leads a uh, FA Cup goal. Okay, I thought you were just about to nick mine, um, which is Jao Polina at, at the City Ground, the Nottingham Forest <laughs> one, because that was incredible. Um, there are a lot. Uh, right, uh, player of the season. Then Oscar, it's going to be Sasalukic, isn't it? Yeah, obviously. Come on, guys. It's an easy one. This it's really an easy one. I don't know why you really thought about that. Well, go on. Obviously, Sasha. Uh, no, in all seriousness, Sasha. No, I'm joking. Um, I'd probably say Leno because I'd say he's saved us more times than we can count. Well, that's an interesting one. That's not what I was expecting, Joe. What you where where you going? Player of the season. I'm going to take the other obvious option and go for the man himself, Joao Polina, who will be playing in black and white next season. But don't be saying, I mean, he will, but don't be saying things like that. I'm touching the wood. Uh, yeah, Joao Polina's had an excellent season, which leaves me to go for Tim Ream, I guess, because we can't all choose the same player. I mean, Tim Ream has had a There's always Sasha Lukic available. Well, I mean, honestly, you need to get some new lines, son. Um, and the moment of the season, Oscar, what is your moment of the season? I'm sorry, it's going to be really generic. 2-1 uh, Chelsea at home. You did it again. I mean, he's oh, up to 500, oh. £500 from him alone to the Fulham Foundation. I mean, going to have to send the bailiffs around. Joe, what's your moment it's of the season? It's My moment of the season is... Definitely the exact same one. That was, I was in the pub surrounded by fans from the other team. It was, I was the only one supporting Fulham. I was on my feet, giving it large. Because you're in Cardiff. Were you doing Cardiff for that? Or well, you... no, that one, I was back home for that one. Um, and where's home for you without, you know, giving out your address? Home is Horsham. Okay, okay. So you hail from a similar region to... Uh, the first lady of the Fulham women's team, Mary Southgate, built the Yeah, and I have friends that know her. Yeah, well, we all know Mary. Mutuals. Yeah, we all know Mary. I mean, she's only played hundred and nearly 150 games for the Fulham women's team. And, you know, before that, she, and she's always in the Hammersmith end. And we all know Mary Roger. We've all heard Roger. We might not all know Roger. Uh, but there we are. Build the statue for Mary Southgate. Thank you. Um, which the new chosen... Okay, well, yeah. I mean, that is... We, you pick the moment. Which moment are you choosing? Is it Carlos? Is it winning? I mean, give me a bit more. I asked for a moment, not a scoreline. Oscar. William. Okay, William. yeah. 
The goal. Because, because, yeah, yeah, because that was the goal that initially drew us level. Uh, initially no, we went, gave we us went the lead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. When it is important to get it right. I do remember yeah. what happened. I do remember yeah. what happened. That's good, Oscar. You know, substance abuse. It's, it's impressive be, for me. Shouldn't be a problem for someone of your youth. Uh, Joe, what are you I'd saying? Go for what? I'd go for the other goal, the Vinicius one. It yeah. was The fact it was Vinicius as well made it all the more... Sweet, I love that man. I love Vinicius. Oh, I do too. So oh, I do. Vamos, Carlos. You know, what a man. I mean, I know some people have flip-flopped on Vinicius. No name <clears> being <throat> mentioned here. Yeah, well, he, he, he digs himself in. Um, but, you know, Carlos Vinicius. Like, what a guy. And well, I'm just going for the moment where we actually did it. We won. I mean, there wasn't a pitch invasion this time. Um, although I did have an altercation with the steward. Uh, but uh, we won. We 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 beat them, and that was very special, right, lads? This has also been very special. It's meant a lot to me uh, to bring you this from the from the press room, named after Danny Fulbrook, the much missed Danny Fulbrook, um, who we lost in 2012 far too early uh, to cancer. A fanatical Fulham fan and a mentor to to me, so many other journalists, and in whose memory we keep. Uh, hammy end going um i think we are going to do a review of whatever happens at old Trafford because oscar you're gracing you're, you're going aren't you well, you think yep, you're going. i am i mean you might no, have, I, I am going you might, you might, well, that, that's a bold shout given that you're gonna have someone's gonna have to pay out quite a lot of money for your behavior on this podcast it's not going to be you i don't <laughs> don't think you've got 500 pounds to your name we'll find out um joe absolute pleasure to have you on the uh the podcast again my son um, yeah, lovely are you, to are be you here. in Cardiff at the moment? Yeah, I'm in Cardiff now. I'm here. First year's over, so I'm I'm on the beach at the minute. You're on the beach? Well, not like... Are you actually on the beach or are you in <laughs> your room? I was going to say, I don't hear any waves. There are beaches in Cardiff. Yeah, there are. I might get myself down to one. Yeah, yeah. Well, have a good one. And uh, we are not on the beach. We are carrying on with Green Pole Podcast. Because a few of you have missed it, unbelievably. Look, thank you very much uh, for your time, uh, guys, this evening. Thank you for, for listening to us. And obviously, as we go to Old Trafford to right those wrongs, come on, you white.